This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Today's guest is one of our wonderful clinicians and one of my personal favorite people. We go walking, our kids hang out. It's the best thing in the world. Hillary Trong. Hillary is a mother daughter relationship expert, provides mother daughter intensive therapy sessions and coaching at our practice, the therapy group, does some of the cool stuff you'll ever hear. Welcome, Hillary. We are so excited to have you on Shrink Chicks and to pick your brain about this unique relationship dynamic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And- and share everything that I can. This is what you do. You work with mothers and daughters. Like, Let's talk about this a little bit because I think there's probably, first of all, I don't know if we've ever gotten so many listener questions ever to the point where Nikki had to only include half of them. I'm very sorry for questions I get answered today because there were so many. What do you think it's about? What do you think about that when we talk about mother-daughters, people have a big reaction? Yeah, I think um, we're hungry for information because there's just not enough out there. Like, I think we either think we're supposed to be best friends or meant to have conflict. Those are the two things I hear, but we don't know how to navigate the conflict and we don't know how to be best friends. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. know what that looks like. I I saw in some of the questions there was, it's like filled with guilt and pressure of like, it's supposed to be like this, but how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think there's just not enough information. And that's part of the reason why I started doing it is because I didn't know. I sat in sessions and thought, how do I, how do I address this relationship when I don't understand why they're fighting either? 
it is it's it it is you know such a unique relationship and and you know i think with a lot a lot of the things that we teach our clients like these are things that we've never learned how to navigate and so it's it's just once again just so unique and i think that's why we got so many questions about it, it well it is kind of funny though that we'll sit here and you're like trained as a therapist and yet nobody talks about the uniqueness of this relationship, right? Like I can sit here and tell you, you know what I mean? Like you can have training on addiction or any sorts of any this stuff. And like no one is talking about how to work with mothers and daughters. Right. How is that I, possible? I say that all the time. <laughs> the three of us trained family therapists, right? Yes. Didn't have one minute of training or education on that. Um on that dynamic in the relationship. It's treated like every other relationship in the family. And it's not, it's, it's unique. So how would you describe its uniqueness? You know, how is it different than other relationships? Well, it has everything to do with the fact that we're female. And um, I think also the men in the family typically kind of leave the mother and daughter to their own devices. It's like, well, I don't know how to deal with that. Right. So I'm going to take a step back. You guys figure it out. I hear that all the time. And so then they don't get support outside of their relationship to work through their conflict and they're feeling really alone, but it really does have everything to do with being female. Um, the pressure that we feel, the fact that we don't have voices or know how to use our voice, um, you know, working through conflict and, and expressing how we feel, listening to how somebody else feels. Um, it's also generational. If our moms didn't show us how to do that, we don't know how to do it either. Mm. You know, it it just it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And I think it I think we should just jump into questions because we have so many of them. It's gonna it is gonna take up all of the time. And so we want to get to as many questions as possible. So the first one being it's so easy to snap at our moms and then the intense guilt is even worse. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think I think with our moms, we feel really comfortable to be ourselves. And so we don't really take time to think about our words and how we're saying it and how she might feel, right? I think also moms are looked at um, sort of as self-sacrificing and they'll do anything, you know, for their kids. And so, you know, she exists for me to speak to her like that. I mean, you know, it's not something we're consciously thinking about going into it. And sometimes moms don't always stick up for themselves either. You know, um, I'm a mom and I definitely feel that blame and guilt of like when I don't do things right. And so if my kid is upset with me, I I do, I just understand that that's part of, they're not going to kind of think through what's the best way to talk to me about it. And they're going to expect me to be there no matter what and help them sort through it rather than take the time to think through the right way to say it. We like kind of forget that our moms are people too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about the guilt part? Because people talk about this a lot, the guilt they feel around their moms. So people, it's so funny, right? So like you sit here, I think it's really easy for us to villainize moms and then also at the same time feel pity for them and feel so bad, which is like sort of a weird dynamic to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say guilt, what what part of what part of that are you thinking about? Well, people talk about, right? So like I get upset with my mom or I set a boundary with my mom in whatever way that looks like. And then I feel so horrifically guilty about that, um, about what I did. But then also at the same time, I'll freak out and say whatever the hell I want to her. <laughs> yeah. And, right? Like, it's like I almost like it's extremes. Yeah. So I think 
when we have a difficult time with our boundaries, um, especially with our moms, it's because we feel guilt for having our own needs. And probably their mom didn't have a way to express what they needed. We're trying to work on, well, I'm going to be firmer. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to do what's right. I actually just had a conversation with a client about this this morning. It's like, no, you know what you want. You know what feels right for you. And so even if the other person is upset or disappointed and you feel bad about that, that's okay. You can both have those feelings and and still move through it. The most important part is you say what you need to say and you speak up for yourself. Um, And really working with a mother and daughter together, it's all about giving them permission to each have a voice. Right. So it's not just the daughter setting boundaries and having a voice, but but saying why. Like, mom, here's what's coming up for me and here's what I need. And this is what I'm going to keep doing. Right. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond in this way anymore. Um, yeah. And then the mom also having permission to have her own voice and her own boundaries. But sometimes, you know, that can be difficult when you're the, the older generation. So true. Oh, yeah. Somebody wrote and said my mom was always competitive with or jealous of me. Why is that? Yeah, mother jealousy is a is a real is a real thing. I, I really do think that Rushka Hasseldean, who is one of my mentors, um, this is something she's talked a lot about. I think that mother jealousy is based on moms not living out their own dreams and not fulfilling their own wishes and lives, and maybe not feeling allowed to have certain things. Like my uh, my grandmother was on my father's side, but she had a very strict father. Some might say controlling. She couldn't uh, wear pants. She couldn't paint her nails. She couldn't wear makeup. Um, And so, you know, there was always this sense of jealousy that other women and future generations could do that kind of thing. She wasn't allowed to live the life that she wanted to live. She couldn't move away from home. She couldn't go to this college that she wanted to go to, right? And so it's not, it's really not necessarily aware of that right? And it's not meant to be a punishment. I love the idea of asking why. Why do you feel that way, right? Mm. What's, if you can't ask that question directly, you know, what was my mom's lived experience that she might be jealous that I got to go and live away from home, or I got to travel for a year in Europe or whatever it is. Like, why might she be jealous of that? It's because she didn't get it for herself, most likely. I was gonna just gonna say it's this interesting, you know, juxtaposition. You know, I think as as parents, this this want to be like, I want to give my kid the life that I didn't have, right? Like, I want to be able to give this to them. I want them to be able to have this freedom. I want, but at, in watching that play out, it's this interesting, right? Like, I wanted this for them, and at the same time, it's hard for me to watch that because that's not something that I had myself. Yeah. And there, you know, we might feel jealousy on the other side of it, right? As a, as a daughter myself, and I have a daughter, I don't feel this way, but looking at my mom and her relationship with my daughter, right? It's different than the relationship I had with my mom. I didn't have her full attention. I didn't have, Mm. you know, the kind of affection that my daughter gets from her and the, you know, acceptance, right? I mean, it, it, it can be the other way as well as the daughter feeling jealous of what her daughter gets from her mother. Wow. I hear this all the time especially from new moms i feel like my daughter is getting the the mothering that i wanted Mm -hmm. from my own mom so i'm watching my mom be so loving and so supportive and creative and engage with my daughter and i'm so jealous of that and i'm mad that my mom could do with her but she couldn't do it with me yeah yeah i i wonder what it would be like to say some of those things like mom i love what you're doing 
with my daughter, right? I love watching how you interact. And to be honest, it makes me feel a little sad that I don't have some of those memories or I wish we had those moments. And there might be a conversation, you know, maybe the mom will say, I feel sad too. I had to work so much. I, you know, there was so much going on. I also wish I had that, right? Um, you never know what will happen when you just are vulnerable and open that up. Of course, it helps to have someone else in the room guiding you having those <laughs> conversations, right? Um, but I see it happen over and over, just the conversations that are said after 30 years of not being said and the breakthroughs you can have to reach just a deeper connection and love for each other. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Let me ask you this. A lot of times we hear about, oh, well, my mom, you know, my mom's in her 60s or 70s. She can't change. What's yeah. the point now? We hear this all the time, right? What's the point of having a conversation? Yeah. In some ways, it's probably avoidance. But there's a lot of people that feel like there's just no point in having the conversation. 
Yeah, it's a really great question. And I've worked with moms who are in their seventies, right? Um, and so there, there is some things you can change and some things that can't change, to be honest, right? But what I see happening, and I, I went through some of this work with my own mom. What I see happening is that just the conversation, the daughters being able to say, this is how I felt when I was 16, when I was 21, when I was 12, and this thing happened in our life. And her mom can meet her halfway and hold that and say, I'm really sorry. I feel really sad. Maybe you cry together. You know, you just get that out and connect about what happened. That mom can't go back and change that and maybe can't even change the way she's interacting currently. But what you can do is heal that part that's hurting and understand where your mom was coming from, understand her perspective, right? Because we all have our own stories about what happened and how our moms didn't give us what we needed. And giving her the opportunity to hear that and and really show you love in that moment can make a huge difference. It also helps you see her with empathy, right? And when you have more empathy in your relationship, you're going to connect in a different way. You're going to start to see like, oh, she's doing that thing again, but now I know why, right? Now I know it's because she doesn't know any other way. She's not trying to hurt me, yeah, right? She's not trying to cause me pain. It feels um, less personal, it sounds like. Yeah, the empathy is a huge part. And like yeah. like Emily said before, seeing your mom is human. Okay, ready for another? <laughs> Let me yep. ask this one. <laughs> Grieving the relationship with my mom while still being in it. Hmm. There's a lot of people who wrote in, how do I just accept my mom and stop wishing she was someone else? How do I just take my mom as who she is? Hmm. Those are really good questions. And I, what that says to me is that there's a desire for something better. And there's a, there's a desire to understand her and accept her, which is huge, rather than the previous question, was, which is about change, right? How do I get my mom to change? Um, I really do think, I, probably my answer for most of these questions is going to be about communication. It's to talk about it, right? How do, how do I, you know, see her differently as, you know, Give her an opportunity to show you something different, to talk about what it is that's in the way. And I know we don't have an exact example, you know, of yeah. what, what's going on. Why do you think we're so scared to talk to our moms? <laughs> mm. People are, this is scary for yeah. so many people. I mean, people that say, I'll just deal with this when she dies. <laughs> I will deal with my feelings around this when she dies and she's not yeah. here anymore. I think a lot of it is what you said before is we just don't think she'll change. Right? We just don't think that there's any hope. It'll, it won't get better. It's a lot of effort to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's a lot of effort to invite your mom to be vulnerable, right? Like maybe you work up the courage to have an honest conversation about how you were really hurt and let your guard down and she can't meet you there. You know, I think um, there's a lot of potential for nothing to change if you bring it up. Yeah. And so um, also our moms can be really honest with us too, right? And they might say something that'll bring up shame or guilt mm-hmm. in us. Um, I really, I, I do think having someone to help you have those conversations and a lot of it, the back and forth is really listening, right? And not listening with a defense, like forming your own idea in your head about what you're going to say next or why you disagree. It's listening with the goal of understanding how she feels, mm. right? So that's probably the best place to start is to ask her, 
you know, this situation happened. How are you feeling about it? What's your perspective on it? And then you just listen and you honor that. And then you share. It's a solid communication skill. Listening with the intention (laughs) of understanding and not (laughs) of just responding. Mm -hmm. I think we're all so ready to be so defensive and like plead our case. Yeah. Right. And coming from, right, a place of just repetition in your relationship, right? If it, it was, you know, a conflictual relationship, is that if that's the way that you dealt with vulnerability and pain in your relationship, then really sitting there with the vulnerability and being open and listening to one another is so new, right? It would be so, and, and it's wonderful that you're doing this work, Hillary, because to sit in that with people, to sit in them doing this like really new thing in their relationship, it's really terrifying, right? As we keep saying. And so for them to have a space to be able to do it, you know, is, is so important. And I do, I think, I think people, people, you know, are especially fearful of being that vulnerable with their mom. Wait, I feel like even therapists are scared <laughs> to do mother-daughter work, right? Like we're talking about you're scared to go in the room and have this conversation. I, so many therapists are like, oh, that I don't do that. Like even at the clinicians, people are freaked out to do this work. It's like so vulnerable and like hits too close to home for too many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and when I do walk mothers and daughters through this process, it takes a lot of practice. I'm interrupting a lot. It's like, no, let's get back to listening, mm. right? You're starting to tell your side of the story or you're, you know, you're starting to like wanting to interrupt. Like, nope, we're just listening here and we're understanding. And um, it is new. I think that's a really good point about, you know, when you're so used to having conflict and yelling to get your point across or um, screaming maybe to be heard, which many women, you know, experience that just not feeling heard. It's new to sit down and to truly listen and connect with each other about what's happening. Mm. How about this question? How to heal and move on when your mother is no longer in your life, either by death or by choice, Mm. aka how to have necessary closure without the possibility of a conversation? Mm. What I I like to do is um, understanding who the mom was as a woman. So sometimes, you know, I'll work with a, a daughter by herself and the conversation is pulling apart what what happened what's the story of their relationship what's the story of her mother's relationship with her mother and her mother with her mother and how did it get to where it is and to start building that empathy start building the the human story of her mother and why the things happened the way they did um and so it's it's very much possible to have a new understanding and to to love yourself in the way that you need to be loved and to, and to pull out the loving pieces. There's always something, right? Their mom did out of love for yeah. the daughter. I love that idea of still being able to understand and develop empathy, even when your mom is not in your life and what that allows for you in terms of being able to accept and move on and then give yourself the things that you needed that maybe you weren't able to receive from her in your relationship. Yeah. And I think also empathy for yourself, yeah. right? That that's that's coming through um in those sessions as well is like holding just space and love for yourself too. I had a experience with my own therapist once. I was like talking about my mom and she was like, you know, Emily, you haven't mentioned your dad once. 
Like you're sitting here talking about your mom a lot and all the stuff with your mom. And she was like, You've you haven't said anything about your dad. Like you you're confused. Like there was two <laughs> parents here. Why were your expectations for your father so low, but your expectation for your mother so high? And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> She's good. <laughs> Call me out again, Dr. Erica. I mean, what is that? And, and then I like started thinking, I'm like, oh, I think a lot of people do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we do look at moms as the ones who have to have everything done. There's so much pressure on moms to get it all right. Yeah. Right. And then we also blame moms for everything that goes wrong. So we expect everything from them. And then anything <laughs> that goes wrong, we blame them. And I, as a mom, I feel that, right. I feel that blame myself. Like, my son didn't have a hat today for school and he's going on a field trip. Like, oh, like I should have had that hat for him, right? Now he's going to be cold all day. Um, we're just, we just look for things, I think, yeah. to blame ourselves on. I mean, I think it's also um, the history of, you know, the division of labor within the household and um, moms being sort of tending to be the more nurturing ones and the ones that kids go to for the emotional support. Um, it's, it's asking more from dads. And I think there's, you know, there's so many dads out there that want to give that. They want to be that parent, right? And so it's expecting more of them and letting them do that. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair 
cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. God, one of the first days of school. So, um... Hillary's daughter is actually my daughter's buddy at school, which is like the funniest thing in the world. Um, we did not know each other before this. We just connected recently. And then it just happens to be one of the most amazing therapists I've ever known. But okay, so my daughter, one of the first days at school, they were supposed to bring in a family picture to hang like on their lockers or cubbies or some shit. And I put it in the fucking backpack. I swear to God I did. But it like fell back into this like other pocket in the backpack. And my daughter comes home and she's like, you didn't pack me a family picture i was the only kid without a family photo you didn't pack my family photo and i'm like crying like i'm legit having tears come out of my eye i am like oh my god i made my daughter feel so ignored she couldn't introduce her family and then i'm like wait she's not saying this to my husband (laughs) and the damn photo was in the backpack i found it that night (laughs) but i felt like the world's shittiest mom that this was my fault yeah. Yeah. We're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We blame ourselves for everything that goes wrong. So my daughter also will say to th- things to me like, it's your fault. It's your fault. And now it's become a joke because I'll say to her, moms aren't perfect. I, I can't get everything right all the time. I'm doing my best. I like just sort of, you know, push it off of me. Like I'm not taking that on. So now it's become a joke. Like she's trips and stubs her toe. It's your fault. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's my fault. Right. So, um, I do think it is important for, for us to remind ourselves of like, we're doing our best, right? Mm. You got the photo and the damn backpack and it didn't make it, <laughs> you know, into circle time or whatever, like that you, you can't handle that. You, right. That's just not, yeah. That's no, at too some much. point, come on, man. It's some point, but, but it is, it, it's like, and then, because then you also feel this thing, right? But then you then feel defensive. Like, I felt like, and I'm like, why am I fighting with a four-year-old? Why am I feeling like I need to then be like, I did do the photo. I put it in there. Then I'm feeling like I need to, like, you know, defend myself to the teacher. Like, I go in, I'm like, I gotta go do PR for myself. And then PR. It, makes you, it makes you a little bit bitter. And then I'm like, I can understand. Man, there's such a great scene. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen uh, um, Bad Mom's Christmas? This is like. Is anyone ever see this? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's this great scene where they go to a couple's therapist and she's like, and it's it's what Wanda Sykes, right? Pennsylvania represent. Um, she lives in media. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she's like, so you want to know why your mom's crazy? And then she's like, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that there's something too, like, right, I didn't so many of our mothers did not get to live out their dreams, did not get to live out their life. Mm-hmm. And they're sad. And they're angry. We had an episode a few weeks ago about resentment. And, we t- and Dr. Tracy talked about that, like, resentment comes from envy. I'm envious. Mm-hmm. 
I'm envious my daughter doesn't have to have responsibilities and I got to be responsible for everything, right? Like whether it's her fault or not, these are like real feelings we experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm envious of Millie too and and her not having responsibilities. Yeah, next year I'm going to like literally hot glue the photo to her face so this doesn't happen again. <laughs> That's, good. Um, <laughs> That's good. Somebody asked about blatant favoritism of a sibling. Yeah, so my question is, is that sibling a male? Because a lot of times that happens, um, you know, which, I mean, it really has a lot to do with culture and gender, the mother-daughter relationship. So um, we tend to coddle our boys and place a lot of responsibility on our girls. Mm. And um, I've worked with a lot of daughters who have felt this dynamic of like, my brother got away with everything. For some reason, I was expected my parents would leave and they'd say cook dinner. And it was always me that had to cook dinner. Why couldn't he cook dinner once in a while, right? The the division of labor within the house is is tends to be the same, you know, between the mom and the dad, and then with the with the son and the daughter. Um, and sons are just they're more protected, and girls are expected to. You've got to learn this. You've got to learn how to take care of yourself. You've got to learn how to take care of your family. You know, you have to be strong and you know independent. And so they're growing up much faster than boys. And I, that I would think that this might be a male sibling i'm not sure but that's my guess is that they felt like they were favored because mm. they just didn't have the same expectations for what they have to to do around the house and i think about this most days having a daughter and a son and my son is younger right so Ooh. i'm balancing of like am i asking her to do that because she's older and she's more capable or am i asking her to do that because i know she'll do it where i've got to like push him a little bit more he just wants to cuddle and you know and relax. So, I mean, it's something I have to be aware of to make sure that I don't recreate that dynamic. Jen, you were bobbling your head really hard with that response. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. I was thinking about yes. at when we're like at our dinner table, you know, if it's any sort of holiday, right? And like it's time to like clear the dishes, all of the women just stand up and all of the men. And it just happens. And I recognize it. And I start yelling at all the men to like get up and help clean. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> Either that or I'm just going to sit down and wait till you guys stand up. But um, yeah, that's why I was a bobblehead during that because it was making me think about my own family dynamics. I also have a brother. But, but yeah, it very much is embedded into and you don't even realize it, right? Like that's such a small thing that you don't realize until you have this awareness of it. So it just, it makes a lot of sense. All right. What about this question? I think this is a really good one. I think a lot of people have this experience. Um, I've always viewed my mom as my best friend. Now I'm realizing that I've been her emotional support my entire life. She always puts my brother who struggles with addiction before me and my siblings. I feel like I... Uh, aim Gotta to be, be have to <laughs> have to be okay, right? <laughs> and I'm fine because I'm not in crisis like my brother. It's made me feel disconnected and far away from her. Yeah, yeah. So most likely, her mom's feeling like, well, you can take care of yourself. You're responsible enough. She might even be the eldest daughter who feels the most responsible for her mom's emotions, and so her mom has put less into her daughter. Um, so the answer is like, you deserve, you absolutely deserve that care and that emotional support. That's the way it's supposed to go is from mother to daughter, right? So if she's feeling like she has to emotionally care for her mom, she's not getting what she needs in return. And so that, that may feel like a best friend because they're more on the same level versus her feeling taken care of by her mom. Um, 
but it's all out of whack, right? So that's why she feels disconnected and away from her because she's not getting the nurturing that she needs and deserves. So let's talk Uh, about this, right? So you just said something so important, which is like it's supposed to go from mother to daughter, right? Who we mm -hmm. care for. Because we had someone else. The next question was like, how to be there for for your mom when she vents to you and only you, but you have your own stuff going on. So what about the people that the structure is reversed, right? So it's people, so many people, I take care of my mom. My mom's a mess. And I think this also can really happen when moms didn't have their own identity and didn't have their own jobs or careers or things that fulfilled them, especially then there's a divorce. Mm-hmm. they're alone. Yeah. Yeah. They really tend. And I, and it tends to be the eldest daughter that feels the most responsible for her mom's feelings. And so we'll rise to the occasion and become that person. Um, and it, what I've seen sometimes with clients too, is that that daughter thinks they're the only one. They think my mom doesn't have friends that she's talking to about this. Cause she's calling me, she's leaning on me, but that mom usually has other people there. She's also doing that with, but, but also, you know, creates that dynamic in their relationship. So it is about having that boundary and pointing it out to your mom that, Hey, this is feeling like too much. Like I kind of, I kind of need you more right now, whether it's like the season of life or, um, I, I need to, to lean on you. And I'm wondering, can you, can you talk to other people about these things? Because it's really feeling like too much for me and, and see what, their mom says, right? I love you, but this is, this is too much for me. Um, it re- there really does have to be a shift in that dynamic because, um, and I will say too, that usually when this happens with the mother and daughter, you can look up at the next generation and it's happened with them as well. Like the flow of care is going backwards from daughter to mother. Um, and so that's probably what her mother experienced as well is like, she was taking care of her mom. So she needs someone to take care of her and she leans on her daughter. The flow of care is a very good wording to sit here and to evaluate where the flow of care is in the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really up to to this woman who wrote the question to break that so that future generations, like she can give to her daughter and feel like she's being poured into as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get that from your mom, it's about having those people around you who will do that for you. But that's, that's the right flow, right? Is mother pours in a daughter. And mother gets support from her partner, from her friends, from her siblings, right? Not her children. And I I think that, you know, when we work with clients and like they're starting to, right, we always hear that, oh, my mom is my best friend. And when they start to recognize that like, oh, the flow of care was off, um, that can be such a blow, like to, to recognize that because you know, in your mind, right? It's been that, oh, well, we've had such a close relationship. Like this is what closeness is, is that mom leans on me, right? Mm -hmm. In like a friendship kind of way. Um, And so I think that that can be, there's some grieving, right? That comes with that when you start to recognize like, oh, wait, like this, maybe this dynamic wasn't helpful for me or like maybe it affected me in these ways. And I almost have to like, grieve that idea of like us being best friends yeah and then re-identifying kind of the the relationship what that looks like i and i i also hear like um you know when we talk about mother to daughter i just want to you know validate the fact that like these are adult daughters right who are the the flow of care still counts as an adult yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I think is important to highlight because I think, you know, so often when you were a child that maybe took care of your mom and you grow into adult that 
still takes care of your mom. You've learned to neglect your own feelings. And so you become an adult and you're like, well, I don't need that anyway. I'll just take care of her. But as an adult, the flow of care, I just wanted to to highlight that part that it does still count. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't change until your mom really physically, she's elderly, right? And needs that care. And then we can see that that usually falls on daughters too, right? Yeah. Okay. So obviously we can't talk about women um, without also touching on body image and our relationships with our bodies, which we hear a lot about with mothers and daughters. Quite a few people wrote in about, you know, I look identical to my mom, but and having my mom critique her body or I grew up, my mom, mom grew up with a high weight or physical appearance expectation, which makes me uncomfortable about my weight around her due to comments she makes. So a lot of people that have experienced body shaming from their own mothers, which I would imagine is very generational. Absolutely. Absolutely. It all gets passed down. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's um, there's families I've worked with, and we can go back generations. So there's issues with dieting, extreme dieting, right? And just that pattern everywhere within the women and the family. Um, we learn how to be women in the world from our moms. They're our teachers, right? They're showing us every day. This is how you have friendships. This is how you exist in a marriage. This is how you, you know, have responsibilities at home and at work. And we are watching them watch themselves in the mirror, right? So everything she does, we're watching and learning, unfortunately, right? Here's the pressure on moms, right? Here's the blame on them. Um, And so if we grow up watching our moms kind of criticize themselves in the mirror, we do the same, right? Um, It's especially hard if you feel like you have the same body as your mom and then just take that on like, you know, well, that means this is wrong with me too, because she doesn't like it. We value our mom's opinions as well. Um, so, I mean, as, as moms, we just have to be so careful and it's not about being silent about what you look like in the mirror or how you feel about your body or how your jeans fit or whatever. It's about saying the opposite. Like I, I love my long legs because they're so strong and they get me from here to there and it has to fit, right? It has to make sense, but really complimenting your own body and um, being a model for healthy body image and, mm. and um, the way you talk about food, right? Like I had clients where the mom was, was weighing her food every meal. Guess what happens with their daughters? They both had eating disorders, right? Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and it's so... I mean, it's such a good point, right? Like we just hear so much. And I think for so many of us in our generation, our moms had 100 calorie packs and um, my my grandmother drank um, freaking, uh, what were the shakes, right? Lean slim shakes. Fast. Yeah, Slim Fast. Slim fast. My grandmother's entire fridge was chocolate Slim Fast and Twizzlers because they were fat-free. <laughs> it was like the fat-free generation. <laughs> it was fat free. My grandmother would eat it. And I have like childhood memories of just slim fast in wow. in the fridge. Yeah. And it's normalized. It's like, oh, that's what you do. That's your breakfast. That's your lunch, right? Yeah. It's what you have. Yeah. Or if you're lucky, you don't have to eat at all. Try to eat as little as possible, and then you have that slim fast. <laughs> yes. So it is so important to question this and just take a step back and look at the patterns in your own family between the women, right? Um, And understand that it's bigger than 
you, right? Like, so if you're struggling with body image, you know, that it's, it's, it's bigger than you because it, it came from somewhere, right? Yeah. Understanding where it came from and giving yourself the power back to change it for you and future generations. Yeah. Mm. I really like this question because it, once again, I think a lot of, a lot of people struggle with this stress regarding parenting my son. He's the first grandchild, lots of tension when I don't take unsolicited advice. So I guess her parent, her mom is trying to parent her son. Yeah. I, th- I think probably many of us have felt that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that pressure from grandparents of everything, everything they know and think. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this goes back to having a voice and I appreciate, I appreciate your advice and what you think, but we are, or whoever the team is, right. We are making the decisions for our son. Um, and it, I mean, really the relationship comes down to that communication and having a voice. Right. And so I'm going to guess that this person feels like she can't have a voice with her mom mm-hmm. and say, you know, I love you. I love your ideas, but here's, here's what we're doing. And whether she can't have a voice because she doesn't know what her mom's reaction is going to be, or she can't have a voice because she doesn't normally speak up for herself. Right. It's that's, that's her work right yeah. there. Absolutely. Okay, so here's here's my guess. My guess is a lot of people listen to this episode and they're like, oh shit, I got some work to do with my mom, right? <laughs> they're like, oh man, I've been avoiding this. I got to have some conversations. I got to deal with this amount. So one, they should make an appointment with you and they should do an intensive or coaching session. That's the first thing they should do. But let's say... <laughs> They're not in that situation. And the coolest part is uh, Hillary can do coaching anywhere. So wherever you're located, Hillary can do coaching with. But what are some other things people can start with? What are some takeaways we can give people about like, okay, this is hitting close to home. What's some call to action we can give some folks? I I mean, there there are some books out there that you can read for sure, right? So I mentioned Rashka Hasseldine before. She's my mentor and she has a book called The Mother-Daughter Puzzle. That's a great place to start. Um, I actually read her book and then I reached out to her and was like, how can I learn from you? Because this is amazing. Um, so that's definitely a, a really good place to start. I think looking at whether you have a voice in your relationship is really important. Do you have a voice? Does your mom have a voice, right? If she has a voice, it's probably, and you're not communicating properly, it's probably because um, she's desperately just expressing her own ideas and not listening. Right. So I, I think examining that dynamic of how do you, how do you talk to each other? Do you feel heard? Um, that's one of the things that Rashka teaches is when a daughter feels heard and understood, she feels loved. That's all we need. Right. So taking that and thinking about what do I need to feel heard and understood? What am I feeling unheard about? What do I want to learn about the women in my family? And understand then about myself and the patterns and understanding the patterns in your family. We were talking about dieting. We're talking about women who don't have voices, women who um, don't live out their dreams um, and live the life that they want to live. What are the patterns in my family and how has that impacted me? And what can, what can I do to change? What's the small step that I can take to change that? It's going to be so helpful for so many people. As you know, Hillary. On this show, every time we have a guest, we play something called calling bullshit. And you can call any type of bullshit in whatever way something in your field. So could you call some BS, some bullshit with us today? So something I talk a lot about is how um, how hard we are on teen girls 
and as moms, right? So um, I would hear a lot with my daughter, like I go to the grocery store and she's a baby and she's super cute, you know, in the, in the cart. And, um, and women would come over and say, just wait, just wait until she's older. She's really cute now. And I hated that. And I was a therapist for teen girls at the time. Like I, there are good things about teen girls. Like let's not be so hard on them. So that is really something that is like, let's stop giving teen girls a bad rap and start understanding them and, and understanding that we can have a connection as mother and daughter during that stage as well. It doesn't have to be hard. I feel like I have so many, I hear this all the time, not necessarily like close friends, but just around of people that are like pregnant folks that are like, I hope it's a boy. So it's easy. Yeah. I had a friend who desperately tried to only have boys. <laughs> because, because they're like scared to have girls. Cause I think it's so put in your mind. This is going to be horrible. It could end up being the best fucking thing that's ever happened to you. And so fulfilling, but it is a little bit of like, man, like it makes you really like from the get go. If you go into a situation of like, you know, I'm already not going to like you because of the gender, it's going to be a big problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But you hear it all that people say this to me all the time. They're like, oh, just wait, just wait 10 more years. You're in for it with her. I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe could be tough. Not sure. But like, I don't know if okay. that has anything to do with anything. Right. Or why yeah. that helps that comment. What the right. fuck is that? It doesn't. Right. 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 Yeah. Literally right. nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Even if it's 10 years, this is a goddamn shit show. What do you want me to do about it? Here I am. <laughs> and you'll work through it. Why do people say that? It's a great question. Right. I love that. Calling BS. Yeah, that's I'll, such a good one. Because I'll have the best uh, mother-daughter coach I could ever call right here. Exactly. Okay. You have to work with Hillary. She is life-changing. This is the work that you've been avoiding. I'm just going to put that out there. This is the work that all of us are avoiding. This is the time to do it. You listen to this episode today. You're like, ah, shit, here's your answer. So Hillary, where can people, um, you can hang out, you can go to the therapygroup.com, make it, um, all the information about her intensives is there. Are there any other places people can find you, Hillary? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram and I share a lot of uh, reels and tips about the mother-daughter relationship. But, so that's a good place to find me um, at Hillary Mayco. And yeah, I mean, whether it's one session or the intensive, you can come alone or you can come with your mother or daughter and uh, we'll pull it all apart and put it back together. So amazing. Hillary, thank you for being here today. You know, I adore you. We adore you. Um, check out Hillary. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on social media, Drink Chicks, or the Therapy Group. If you're looking to start, continue, or reinvest in your therapeutic journey, we'd love to connect you with someone at thetherapygroup.com. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. <laughs>